0: Okay, all that being said, um, i got to introduce our speaker. I have not spoke for a couple weeks. Um, we're using in-house speakers for this Samson series. We've had Spencer Ivanko is here today. He did a phenomenal job. We had Tim Warnock. He did a phenomenal job. But today I have the privilege of, of introducing really a legend. I have the opportunity of, of introducing a almost a myth. Um, and... Someone who, whose decades of service um, have gone before them, <laughs> decades of service, many decades. And this person, we, we knew that Spencer and, and Tim, they were good speakers, but they were not Nazarites. Um, neither of the men had hair. The, the, the myth and the legend um, that I'm going to introduce you today may in fact be a Nazarite. Uh, their hair tells the story. Um, we don't know to the extent of strong drink or dead bodies there has been, but the myth, the legend, um, the woman, the reverend, um, and our associate pastor here at Free Church, uh, Ladina Doherty.
1: Done. We're done. You're done. Let's. Okay. I'm just, oh, there we go. Okay. All right. That's good enough. Stop. Anyways, I'm just going to move on. That was awkward. And you are way older than I am. All right. I'm just going to get down to it. Um, So we have been talking about Samson, and um, I'm just going to kind of go over a little bit because this message really has been something that has stood out to me over the last few weeks we've been talking about it. And so the first week we kind of kicked off this idea that Samson's life was pretty messed up, right? He was not somebody to live by example, but we can learn from his mistakes. And so this whole concept that we've been talking about with Samson is that that um, despite Samson's shortcomings or failures, God still used Samson. And then week two hit and Spencer completely wrecked my view of what Samson looked like because I definitely pictured Dwayne the Rock Johnson with long flowing hair, so that was nice. And then last week, um, Tim uh, shared how not to be an idiot like Samson, which really spoke to me personally. And so... um, But in all seriousness, something that really stood with me was just this concept that Samson didn't think that his sin was a big deal until he found out that God left him. And that kind of just really, the, over the last couple weeks, have, has really just kind of been on my thought, of just moment of like, he kept playing with sin until he went so far. And he, his hair got cut, and it says that he knew that God had left him. And it just really was, like, making me wonder, like, you know, why do we keep playing around with this sin? Why do we keep playing around with this? Um, despite that, though, like we said earlier, God used Samson. And we kind of leave Samson in this spot of, like, a little bit of hope, right? In Judges 16, is where that was the last verse that was read last week, and it was but the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. And so we left on this little bit of hope. We left on this little bit of hope and this idea of hopelessness because Samson was in a pretty hopeless situation. But then it reminded me that God is a God of hope and we have a God that goes beyond the hopelessness that we may feel or the hopelessness that we face sometimes every day and that Even though things are beyond our control, God is in control. And this youth rally we had, like Pastor Anthony talked about earlier this morning, just this idea that God is writing our story. And if you look through the whole book of I almost said Samson, that's not a real book, Judges, Um, you can see that God really is writing Samson's story. And even though the failures and through all of the sin and all the things that he did wrong, we can read, we'll read here in a little bit that God still was faithful in the end. God still was glorified in the end and God still saved his people in the end. And this last couple weeks as I was preparing my message, there's been so many things that have been out of my control. And so many things that happened that kept me so distracted from what I needed to do, which was prepare a message for a Youth Rally and for Sunday morning. And um, just all these things kept coming at me. And we talk a lot about free fam groups Free fam groups here. And the reason is because that is the way that I've connected with a lot of you guys. And I've been in a lot of groups, different groups with different people. And this week I really reached out. I had to reach out to my people because I needed some support. I needed to know that I had people in my corner praying for me, fighting for me. They even checked in on me out throughout the week. And that's so important. And so we talk about it a lot because that is how we build community. So if you're looking for community, sign up for a group. It's not too late. All right, back to judges. Um, one thing that we get caught up in, sometimes in Sunday school we're like, Samson had beautiful hair, and my hair is not even that long to be an as, right? So, um, but we think that, like, his hair wasn't magical, right? We know that it wasn't his hair that gave him strength, but we know that God is the one that gave him strength, and that our strength comes from God and God alone. And then when we see his hair starting to grow back, it's like this renewal of hope, renewing his strength. God is raising him up once again for something, right? We get this kind of this idea that God is raising him up for something. And so let's read on to what happens. Judges sixteen twenty three through 27, it says, Now the Lord of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to dag on their God and to rejoice and they said our god has given samson our enemy to our hand and when the people saw him they praised their god for they had said our god has given our enemy into our hand the ravager of our country who has killed many of us and when their hearts were merry and they said they said call samson that he may entertain us so they called samson out of prison and he entertained them they made him stand between two pillars and Samson said to the young man who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. And so we have this picture of Samson, kind of where his choices have brought him. He once was a strong guy who, like, people were scared of and were afraid of. Now he's, like, eyeless and tied up and chained to this, these pillars, and he is wrecked. His life is wrecked. And he's humiliated, and he's just used for mocking and entertainment. This is kind of where his choices that he chose to, to go down that road, but that's kind of where they left him. God is good. God is so amazing because he still uses Samson in his wrecked state. This place is full of Philistines. There's over 3,000 of them, it says. And it says later on we'll find out that there was, he ended up killing more Philistines in this one act than he did over his whole life. And in Judges 16, 28 through 31, it says, When Samson called to the Lord and said, O oh Lord God, please remember me. And please strengthen me only this once. Oh, God, that I may avenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. He was a little short-sighted on, like, what the whole big picture was. He was still thinking about himself a little bit. We're kind of like that. 29 says, And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on each of the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on one, his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines then he bowed with all his strength and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it so the dead whom he killed at his so the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed during his life and so we see this picture of Samson he's calling on God to remember him one more time Samson knows he messed up Samson knows that he doesn't deserve this God to do this again. Samson knows all that. He knows he made the choices. He knows he's done wrong. He knows he's at this place where it's going to cost him everything. It's going to cost him everything. But he still cries out to God and says, God, just this one last time, grant me this favor, this one last time, God, that I, that look upon me this one last time. And it's so funny because when i was preparing this message i was writing about the love of god and how like we don't deserve it and god shows up and kicks down the doors and as i'm just typing this i'm just bawling because i'm just overwhelmed by how much god loves us and even though samson didn't deserve it even though oh that could be dangerous even though samson didn't deserve it and even though he was doing the wrong thing god's like shows up right god shows up for samson And i was like man i really hope ryan hasn't put songs in yet because we really need to see reckless love at the end of the set because it was just this overwhelming feeling so i look in there and i was like oh god we're singing the song just bawling because god shows up in weird ways and it was just this idea that god shows up god shows up for samson and god will show up for you And Samson, we've seen his example, right? When he gets mad and he throws a fit, what does he do? He goes and tells his mom and dad. He goes and runs off and throws a tantrum. So Samson could have just like curled up in a ball, threw one of his fits, but we see a little growth, right? Just like his hair. We see a little bit of growth in his character. He's crying out to God, knowing his death is coming, knowing that's what the end is going to be, but he knows that he has to have faith that God's going to show up and be the God that he knows who he is, right? Because he knows who God is. He knows the stories. He probably have heard the stories of the past, heard the stories of all the miracles God had done for the Israelites. He knows, but he really had to have faith. And sometimes we read the Bible, and when we're reading it, we're like, man, they are so dumb. Why are they doing that? We are, they are so dumb. And then I like look at it and I say this a lot that I'm like, man, I am so dumb. <laughs> I am doing the same thing. Like the Israelites, we act like them whining in the desert after God shows up and provides after time, after time again, even when they complain, even when they're uh, being awful, God still shows up. He still saves them. And like We act like Samson sometimes. We play around with sin. We get caught up in it. We expect no consequences. We do the same thing that these people, and we see these stories in the Bible. But something that I've really been learning and something that I've taken away from some training that I'm doing uh, for being a pastor or counselor is that God will never waste our pain. God never wastes your pain. And he will walk through it with us and it's not wasted. I'm sure Samson had a lot of pain going on. Lost his eyes, tied up, he's being mocked. Really some humiliating things. But God didn't waste that. And the Bible says that he actually killed more Philistines in his death than he did when he was alive. And so despite Samson's failures, God still used Samson. God still wants to use us despite our failures That doesn't mean we keep sinning. That doesn't mean we keep doing dumb things. We need to learn from them and repent and turn around and go the other way. We need, um, but I think something we can learn from Samson is that why are we staying there? Why are we staying in the same situations expecting a different outcome? Because you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. I think God is calling us beyond that. He wants us to learn, repent, and go forward and not let things keep holding us back. Looking at Samson, he really was set up to be the greatest leader in history. He literally had everything set up. We've learned that throughout the few weeks is that he had everything set up to become this great leader. He had all the things that he had to do, all the things that he shouldn't do, all the things that he needed to do. And he was literally like, I'll do what I want. I'll do what I want. And we see that it actually led him to be one of the worst leaders in history. And something that I found a little bit ironic was that the thing that caused him the most distraction, which was his eyes, he was lusting, looking for things he couldn't have, always looking out. Those are the things that were taken from him. Sometimes things get taken from us when they're a distraction. So looking beyond the missing part of, like, his eyes... They were taken from him because they were a distraction. But he was designed for a specific purpose. He was designed and he was made and he was created, you know, to overcome the Philistines, to save the Israelites, to save God's people, to protect God's people. And that was his purpose. And God gave him the strength to overcome it. But he kind of just wasted it away. And I know that each one of us is called to do what God's called us to do. Each one of you guys, and myself included, have a calling that God's called and put on our lives. And we learned about that a few weeks later, that we all have a mission that we're supposed to accomplish. And we need to say yes to that, and don't waste it. Don't waste what God has given you. Don't waste time. We all know that the world around us is kind of just doing its thing that's not great. And so we're in a time where we need to be ready and prepared for what God has called us to do. Samson became so distracted by the things in his life, right? He became so distracted by women, drinking, killing lions and animals and whatnot, um, tying foxtails together, all the weird things that he did. He was so distracted by the things around him that it literally kept him from what God called him to do. So this morning, as we're, like, reading about Samson, we're learning about Samson, I just want to ask you, like, what's distracting you? Is it pride? Is it sin? Is it your trials? And can I just tell you that trials... Things that the enemy throws at me, it gets me every time. It literally gets me every time. When I was supposed to be preparing this message, literally I had things coming at me. I literally had just the dumbest things that were big to me in the moment. It was like life, important life things happening in the moment. But it kept me from doing what God called me to do, which was prepare for the rally, prepare for here, you know, all the things. I let it so shake me and so distract me. And when I was putting this message together, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm dumb. <laughs> just trust me, Ladina. Stop worrying about the stuff that that is not important. It's important, but stop stressing out about it. Do you trust me? I have you. I'm, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. And sometimes we like to take the pen that God's using to write our story and take it from him, just like, Pastor Anthony said earlier, we take it from him. We like to write it ourselves because we know better, right? We know how to do this, God. I got it, thanks. But look where it led Samson, him trying to write his own story. We need to be letting God control our lives and let him have those things that we don't want to let him have. And I'm a control freak a little bit sometimes, most of the time. And I let fear and I let my faithlessness Sometimes get in the way of God saying, I'm going to use this. Let me use this to glorify my name. Even though it's hard, Letting to walk through it, let me use this so you can bring me praise. In Proverbs 19, 21, it says, many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So we have lots of plans. We always have, we want to have everything laid out. We have lists, we have agendas, we have all the things but it says, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So all those things, while they're important and while they may be good, it is God's purpose that's going to stand. Not your purpose, but God's purpose that's going to stand. In Matthew 19, 26, it says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And i was looking at Samson's life. It Seemed pretty impossible where he was at. But with God, all things are possible. And even when it's our last breath, and this just is something to remind us that it doesn't matter how young we are and it doesn't matter how old we are because until our last breath, we should be on mission for God. We need to be on purpose for God. We need to be doing the things that God's called us to do. And our calling never leaves. Our mission never leaves. And we need to walk in that he had samson had faith for that one final act but he knew god was going to show up and i just want to encourage you this morning god will show up god will show up in psalms 18 6 through 9 it says the lord is on my side i will not fear what can man do to me the lord is on my side as my helper I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. Verse 8 says, "It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man." And in verse 9 says, "It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes." So what is it saying to us? It is better to take refuge in the Lord we need to get our strength from God. We need to get our strength from Jesus because the world is falling apart, but we don't need to fear that because we have Jesus and we can move mountains with Jesus, with our faith, and we can step into the things God called us to do and stop hiding behind our fear and hiding behind our failures because we don't want to fail again, which is just a form of Pride, being afraid to fail. We need to walk in that, walk in the truth, walk in what God has for us to do. And I'm talking to myself as well, not just you, but I'm excited for what God is doing here. I'm excited for our downtown because it's, you see, people excited on fire for God. I'm excited to be part of our youth program because they're excited and want something different. They want to change. I'm excited. You guys need to get excited for Jesus. We don't just come here and sit and be placent where we're at, but God wants us to get excited. Excited for what he's doing in the city. You guys want to see a move of God? Then get up and move. Then get up and move and cry out to him till we have nothing left inside of us, till we are just nothing left. Cry out to him if you want to see a move of God. Stop complaining about where we're at and start doing something about it because we we can't carry it we have to do it together we have to carry it together we got to carry God's mission together we are called to be a people a church a body not a building but a body and we need to do it together and we're trying to do it on our own and that is not going to work so I need you guys to hear me this morning when God is saying it is time to stop sitting and time to stop start moving for what he has called us to do all right I'm ready okay let's go um something i find so so crazy is that we talk about samson as a failure which we know he is okay we get that out of the way but in hebrews 11 who shows up when they're talking about the heroes of our faith this guy samson he shows up and in 11 hebrews eleven thirty-two, it says and what more shall i say for the time would fail me so the author is saying I, have, I don't have enough time to tell you about all these people, but here, to tell you of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Japheth, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Samson's there in the heroes of our faith part of Hebrews that we read over and over, and it's just kind of funny to me, because why is he there? He was a, He was a messed up guy. Well, guess what? We're all messed up, but I believe that he's there because he bowed himself with all of his might, having a fresh strength given by God. And in that moment, he is faith- grew and in that moment he was like God I know you can do this one more time and he made that attempt he did something he didn't just stand there letting them mock him he did something he moved in his faith he pressed against those pillars knowing God was going to show up his failures and his pains and his bad choices were not wasted because God used him to overcome the Philistines God used him to save is the Israelites he used him to protect them and I had a passage earlier I wanted to read as I close up, but God changed my plans, and I let him. That's growth. My hair's starting to grow. Um, I, and so we're going to read Galatians this morning, because we're talking about, what we're actually talking about is Samson was living toward the flesh, but we have been called to live toward the spirit. And so we're going to read Galatians 5. Caleb put the words on the screen for you. So first service missed out, you guys. Thank you, Caleb. All right, Galatians 5, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So we know that as Christians, we are in this constant battle. We know what we're supposed to do, but we always fall into the things that we don't want to do because it's the flesh and our spirit are fighting against each other. It says here in verse 18, it says, But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all the things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do those things, such things will, such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I read that list and I just it just shows like this samson's life right like it was (laughs) everything he was about is basically on that list um but you know sometimes we get caught in that too sometimes that's the picture of our life as well and verse 22 it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law and i have a long ways to go i need a lot of help with that list and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, and it is with its passions and desires. And verse 25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in the Spirit with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And so t- today, as we wrap up this message, and the worship band's gonna come, we're gonna sing, we're gonna take communion together, but. I want you guys to focus on a few things. So I just want us to focus on a few things. One, through this whole series of Samson, we've been kind of talking about what has God called us to do? What has God called you to do? And then what is keeping you distracted from what God's called you to do? So what are the things that is distracting us from what God's calling us to do? They may not be bad things, but they may be things that we need to take a look at and say, hey, do I need to reevaluate some things? And then just a couple more things I want you guys to hold on to. One is that it's not too late. There's nothing that you can do that will take you out of the hands of God. The calling God has put on your life It doesn't just go away it may have to be suspended for a little bit but it doesn't go away because god if he's made a promise to you the bible says that he keeps his promises and i know that sometimes we think that we've done too much we've gone too far that god can never forgive us we can never do what god's called us to do but that's a lie from the enemy god will show up even when it seems impossible God will show up to make those dreams that you had, those visions, those things that he's called to do, that to happen. God will show up even when it feels like there's no hope. God will show up even when you are at the edge. Just like, I can't take anymore. He'll put another step out and said, yes, you can. I have you. Let me have you. Trust me. He will show up. So we're going to pray, and like I said, we're going to take communion during this next song. If you, uh, whenever you feel led, you could come up and take communion. But will you guys stand with me as we just close out the service today? God, thank you for showing up. God, thank you for showing up for us, God, even when we don't deserve it. Thank you for loving us even though we don't deserve it, God. God, I pray that as we partake in communion, God, just remembering the gift of Jesus, of his broken body and the blood that he spilt, God, we pray, God, that as we take that, it will just remember the price that he paid. And God, I just pray over your people today, God. I pray over your people, God, that we'll start moving and start moving in the direction that you've called us to go. Start moving where you are leading us. Start going toward the things that you have called us to, even if it's been many years ago. God, you are faithful from the beginning to the end. And, God, as we just um, conclude this service today, I pray it won't stop there. I pray, God, that you will, um, this week will be full of just adventures of being able to reach people for you, share your story, God. I pray that you will just put uh, reignite, reignite the passion and the fire and the dreams and the things that might have been dead, God, inside of us. Reignite those things, God, so that we can do the work that you have us to do. And I just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.